second all minute. This is Sports Radio 100.9, The Myth. You've waited patiently all day. All week. They were patient. They didn't get rushed. But Great Lakes Bay region, we finally arrived at the payoff from high school. Whistling inside with a two-hand flush. To college. Just wait until March, bro. To the pros. Down in the South American Conference. We cover everything a Michigan sports fan could want. This is uncharted territory. And now, here they are. It's the payoff. Let's have some fun on a Thursday, why don't we? Thursday, here's a hot take. Thursday better than Friday. How about that for you? Uh, here we are in the Blazy Electric studio. Ben Bosher here, ready to get you through the n- next hour of Sports Talk Radio here on the payoff fueled by Forward Energy. John's getting ready for some high school basketball that's coming at you at 650. It'll be Heritage at Saginaw. Big matchup, 12-2, and two, uh, Hawks taking on the Saginaw. Team that is also 12-4, and four, undefeated in conference play. That's coming at you in 50 minutes. But right now, today, just a few days away from the Super Bowl, we'll get to the big game. We'll make our picks. We'll make some money on it. But I have to start today with Troy Weaver and the Detroit Pistons. If you've listened to the show for a good amount of time, or heard the 90 seconds, 90 second spots throughout the, the day, you'll know I'm not the biggest fan of Troy Weaver. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you I think Troy Weaver has put himself in a position where he's going to be the long-term GM of this team. But I have to give credit where credit is due. Troy Weaver kind of popped off today on the trade deadline. And I know what a lot of people are thinking. What? A lot of your guys' jaw just hit the floor. What? Don't drive off the road right now in shock. I'm not going to try to sell you the Pistons fix their franchise. I'm not going to say that the Pistons are now this team that's going to, you know, be in the play-in tournament by any means. They didn't fix every problem they have. Trust me, there's still issues for this team. However, I want people to understand this. Earlier this week, when Brad Holmes delivered his little message that we're not going to win the news headlines in April, May, March, they were not trying to win the, we got an A-plus offseason grade. That's not what they were trying to do. They're trying to build towards December. And that kind of reminds me of how the Pistons attacked this trade deadline, which is ironic that they both happened this week. Now, If Brad Holmes kind of got in, obviously this is speculation, but if Brad Holmes were to hypothetically take over for the Pistons GM for a day, I think today is exactly how it would have gone. He wasn't trying to make a splash move. He wasn't trying to overpay for a star. He wasn't trying to make a decision that would cost the Pistons in the long run. He made a bunch of little tiny good moves that if you're a casual NBA fan, and that's not a bad thing, a lot of people are, If you're a casual NBA fan, you don't necessarily, you're you're not shocked by the moves he made. You're not sitting there even knowing who some of these guys are that got brought in. But what I'm telling you right now is in terms of 24 hours ago, the Pistons roster right now 
is significantly better than it was. And that goes all the way back to a month ago when Troy Weaver made his first trade of the season. Danilo Gallinari and Mike Muscala for Marvin Bagley and Isaiah Livers. Now, a lot of people think, who cares? Why does that trade matter whatsoever to the Pistons organization? Well, Isaiah Livers and Marvin Bagley aren't real NBA players. They might be the names that people know better because Isaiah Livers went to Michigan, Marvin Bagley, former third overall pick, and Danilo Gallinari and Mike Muscala are just big, tall, white guys that don't look like they should belong on the basketball court. But here's the thing. Marvin Bagley was 10 points a game, 18 minutes. He just ran up and down the court, shot a couple buckets a game, didn't make anyone else better, couldn't defend a soul. Isaiah Livers was playing 20 minutes a game for the Pistons and shooting 28% from three this season. He was horrible. To put it nicely, those guys shouldn't be playing, at least Isaiah Livers, should not be on NBA rosters. You bring in Gallo, you bring in Mike Muscala, both getting about 15 minutes a game right now for the Pistons. Guys, Gallo's shooting 48% from three since he's arrived in Detroit. Mike Muscala's 45% from three since he's arrived in Detroit. Again, this isn't flashy names. It's not names that are going to quote-unquote, oh, look what Troy Weaver did. Troy Weaver's cooking. You're not going to get that from the national media, but I'm telling you right now, that made this team significantly better. Seems like 4-7 and seven since that trade, and I get it. That's nothing to brag about, but that's a whole lot better than a 28-game losing streak because you actually got real NBA players on the floor, which brings us to today. Kevin Knox wasn't on this team to start the year. You sign him, and all of a sudden he's starting because Troy Weaver made a mess during the offseason. He didn't put together a real NBA team. Now, again, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, Troy Weaver completely and utterly went off today because I don't think that's true because most of what he did today was cleaning up the mess he made this summer. But he did, in fact, clean that mess up. Kevin Knox gets traded yesterday, who, again, odds are not going to be on an NBA team to start next season. For another guy who, again, people probably have never heard of, Simone Fontecchio. Who the hell is Simone Fontecchio? Simone Fontecchio is a bucket. That's who Simone Fontecchio is. This guy's shooting 49% from downtown right now and is kind of a defensive menace. Doesn't look like one on paper. 6'7", 209 pounds. But this dude is hard to guard, not necessarily in terms of, you know, give him the ball, everybody get out of the way. But he's going to run around on screen. Kevin Knox sits in the corner, stationary. The only thing he can do is shoot, and he makes one out of three of them. Or he can drive to the rim and kick out. Simone Fontecchio is going to be moving around. Whoever's guarding this guy is going to have a hell of a... Uh, uh, their life's going to be hell that night. Because he's going to run around, move off screens. It's going to allow space to be created. They pick this guy up from the Jazz, and it made this team better. Again, it's not catching any headlines. You're not winning the offseason by signing someone that no one's ever heard of. But guess what? Real NBA talent probably will be inserted right into the starting lineup. And then the trade you make today, which everyone has a different opinion on. A lot of people out there will tell you it's absolutely criminal that Troy Weaver did not get a first-round pick today for Bojan Bogdanovic because there's this audience out there that hangs onto the report 
that came out in December that oh, Troy Weaver could have had two first-round picks for Boyan Bogdanovich. First of all, we have no idea if that was true. That was from a year ago. Didn't make that deal. So the fact that, and that was one team who was a contender if it was true. So you would have been getting 28, 27th first-round pick. Didn't make the trade. I don't know why everyone expected Boyan to automatically be traded for a first. Everyone put that value in their head when everyone else around the league clearly didn't want to give up a first-round pick for Bojan Bogdanovic. I don't know, maybe because he's 34 years old. Maybe because he can't guard the guys at your Y. He can't play defense. He's old as hell. And the Pistons got a quality player for him. How are we upset at this? The Pistons send Bojan Bogdanovic and Alec Burks to the New York Knicks in terms uh, in return for Quinton Grimes, Evan Fournier, which is just a salary dump, two other guys' salary dump, and two second-round picks. Boyan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks... Uh, l- listen, Alec Burks would come into the game and just start chucking up shots, completely ruin the offense, completely ruin the continuity. Whatever they were trying to run, Alec Burks said, I'm good with that. I'm looking out for myself because I'm trying to get off this team. And it's hard to blame him for thinking that way. To a lesser degree, it was how Jeremy Grant was playing when he was in Detroit. He ends up getting off this team, and I think you're going to see a lot more continuity, a lot more ball movement, a lot more guys making each other better because Burke certainly didn't make a soul better when he came in off the bench. Sure, he could hit some threes. He was 40% from downtown, but he couldn't guard anybody the same way Boyan couldn't. You bring in Quentin Grimes, and if that name sounds familiar, he was on the... The 2021 Houston team that made the Final Four, teammates with Marcus Sasser, so they're reunited now in Detroit. Burks is gone. Sasser's minutes are going to go up, which they should. It's unbelievable that Killian Hayes was playing over Marcus Sasser for so long because Marcus Sasser is damn near about to be the first rookie to go 50-40-90. 50% from the field, 43% from three, 90% from the line. He's got the best plus minus on the team of all the guys that have been here this entire season at minus two. Nothing to brag about, but hey, what are you going to do when you have seven wins as a team now? You bring in Quinton Grimes, who's slightly worse three-point shooter than Boyan and Burks, but damn good catch-and-shoot guy. He'll hit it at a seven, at 37% clip. This is a nice piece for Cade Cunningham, Jaden and Ivy to rely on. This is a grinder. This is a dude who wants to impact the game winning. He's not going to care about the shots he's getting up as long as he's hustling. That's what he's built on. It's what he's always been built on ever since his days at Houston. Not to mention, this is one of the better perimeter defensive players in the NBA. So if you take into consideration everything the Pistons just did, is there anything that raises eyebrows and makes you think to yourself, oh my God, they just saved the franchise? Absolutely not. But if you actually look at the individual deals, as to what, and not to mention, in that New York Knicks deal, you acquired two second round picks. This team got so much better in the last 24 hours. Troy Weaver cleaned up the mess he made this summer. And I think for the most part, at least for the next few months, saved his job. I said earlier this week, you have to make some, you can't sit idle at the deadline and do nothing and let yourself continue the rest of the season with this roster that doesn't make any sense with a bunch of guys coming off the bench who shouldn't be on an NBA team in general. They didn't do that. They made moves. They got rid of those guys. 
Joe Harris was about as useless as a toothbrush with no bristles. He didn't do anything for this Detroit team. And they got rid of him. They waved him. Killian Hayes, the cornerstone of the Troy Weaver era, the first pick he made in the 2020 draft, seventh overall. Didn't work out. Again, I'm not saying Troy Weaver's his genius GM. But he finally cut him. He finally let him go. Was waived today. 45.5 true shooting percentage. Fourth worst in, ready for this, NBA history. Sheesh. He never averaged more than 30% from three. He never averaged more than 1.5 free throw attempts per game. He was booty. Simple as that. You get rid of him, you have a real NBA team now. I think I like what the Pistons have done over the past 48 hours. Over the past month, they've improved. And somehow down a bunch of guys yesterday, you go to Sacramento, West Coast trip, a team that's going to make the playoffs, down a bunch of guys because you traded them, and then return guys haven't come in yet, and you win without Cade Cunningham. This Pistons team is getting better. The standards aren't very high, but I assure you they're getting better, which isn't that the first step. Like, can we acknowledge that, or are we so close-minded to the fact that the Pistons could do something competent to where we're easy? I mean, there's people in this state. There's people on airwaves that you can listen to that'll tell you no matter what the Pistons could sign LeBron James and someone would find a way to complain about it because they're just so conditioned to think anything the Pistons do is going to be a bad move so why so many people reacted today to Boyan Bogdanovich getting traded to the Knicks and people why didn't we get a first round pick last year you could have gotten two first round picks for Boyan as nobody wanted Boyan He's 34 years old, and you got a guy who's a way better defender for $18 million less, who's 11 years younger than Quentin Grimes. Why are we complaining? Why are we complaining? Every national writer is going to tell you that the Knicks won today, that they got Boyan for essentially nothing, which can be true because they didn't give up a valuable asset to them, but that doesn't mean the Pistons got finessed. That doesn't mean the Pistons didn't improve their roster in the same time. This was a win-win deal. Marvin Bagley, Isaiah Livers, Killian Hayes, Kevin Knox, Joe Harris, they're all gone. Thank Jesus. You bring in real NBA players. Quinton Grimes, Mike Muscala, Gallinari, who again, 58% from three since joining the Pistons, who are one of the worst 3.2 shooting teams in the entire league. You add all this talent from behind the line. You got better. Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey have players to kick out to now. So if we're going to sit here and bitch about Troy Weaver and everything he's done, I'm just saying, I think he saved his job for the, at least the next couple of months. Do I want him here long term? No, not necessarily, but I'll give credit where credit's due. You get a B plus from me for today. It's better than anything else you've been doing. 989-837-6125. Do you even care? I know there's a lot of people out there. Oh, Pistons talk today. Yep, that's what we're doing. 989-837-6125. What would be your grade for Troy Weaver? And do you want him here long term? Is there anything he can do to regain your trust? Because there is a good argument that Monty Williams just absolutely bashed Troy Weaver's reputation. Monty Williams 
This is going to blow your mind. Jaden Ivey scores 37 points last night. Best game of his career. Just goes nuts in the fourth quarter. Fifth overall pick was benched at the beginning of the season for Killian Hayes, who just got waived because no one wanted to trade him. Is this all Troy Weaver's fault? Or is this mostly on Monty Williams? 989-837-6125. Let's have some fun on this Thursday slash Friday because we don't have a show tomorrow. John's got more high school basketball. We'll get our Super Bowl predictions in. I've got a question for everybody. Do you want to see Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes win one more and create a dynasty for themselves? 989-837-6125. You're listening to The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. Hey, everyone. The Payoff continues. More from the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. Here's the best way I can sum up the Detroit Pistons trade deadline. Again, not stealing any headlines. Didn't add a bunch of guys that everybody knows and everybody's aware of and everyone's going to give an A-plus grade to. But the combined three-point percentage of the players Detroit traded away while they were in Detroit, was 31%. That's what they were shooting from outside. The combined three-point percentage of the players Detroit has acquired, 45. 45 and a half. They increased their three-point percentage by 14 points. This is a league where you can never have enough shooting. That's what gets you through games. And that's exactly what the Pistons add. They add shooting, they add defense. So I don't understand how anyone can be upset at what they did at the deadline because they're better than they were 24 hours ago. Yeah, I know they didn't get a first-round pick out of Bojan Bogdanovic. It's fine because you improved the roster of your team. And again, this is a mess that Troy Weaver made for himself this summer when he just decided, well, I'm not going to do anything, and I just hope our guys develop. Well, our guys aren't going to be able to develop. And when I say our guys, I mean Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, Asar Thompson, Jalen Duran. Those guys aren't going to be able to develop when there's a bunch of bums playing alongside of them. I mean, we've been asking Killian Hayes to be traded for three years. And today, we finally waved the white flag because not only does he not get traded, he just gets waved straight up. Nobody wanted him. They finally move on from him. They finally move on from the hometown kid. Isaiah Livers a month ago. And look at that. You're winning games. Four and seven in your last 11. And I think that win percentage probably stays there or goes up the rest of the season. This team's not going to finish the worst team in NBA history. They're just not because they have too much talent on the team to do so. Jaden Ivey last night was phenomenal. 37 points. Just a monster of a human being in the fourth quarter. Now, why did it take this long? Because he was buried on the bench. Because Killian Hayes was starting over him. Because Monty Williams didn't like that he played fast and turned the ball over. He didn't play Monty's brand of basketball. Monty, you got to play our brand of basketball. And last night, the Pistons played the Kings brand of basketball, and it was the best game, one of the best games they played all season long without Cade Cunningham. Which, by the way, they're four and six without Cade. Yeah, they're four and six without Kate Cunningham. Now, I'm not going to go there yet. I'm not going to say the Pistons are better off without him. 
But I don't 100% know whether or not Cade Cunningham I can look at and think that's a top 10 player of the future. That's someone I know can backpack this team through series, through playoff games. But the good news is you have Jaden Ivey too. You have Jalen Duran. That's a three-man thing I can get behind. And I really do believe if you get a new coach who will actually maximize these players and utilize them, you've got something going on there. But back to Jaden Ivey. The Pistons played the King style of basketball yesterday, which was we're going to play as fast as possible. We're going to throw defense out the window, essentially. And we're going to attack. Offense, offense, offense. We've got small lineups. We've got shooting. We've got guys who will attack early in the shot clock. And that's what Jaden Ivey did. He saw Kevin Herter in front of him and said, get out of the way, white boy. I'm getting to the cup. And he did over and over and over again. He recognized that, and I applaud him for it. The Pistons should just throw that defensive mentality out the window because that's what they tried to brand themselves on early in the year. That's what Monty Williams tried to sell to us, that this team was going to Zag when everyone else was zigging. Instead of three-point shooting, we're going to play defense and we're going to hustle. I get it. That's how the Pistons have won in the past. That's not how anybody's winning in today's NBA. You have to be able to shoot the basketball. You have to be able to put up 120 points when need be. Because teams like the Pacers, teams like the Kings, they're going to put up 130 on the best defense in the the NBA. So you have to be able to score. And last night, the Pistons threw defense out the window and they beat the Kings at their own game. Forget defense, man. Who can outscore who? That's today's NBA. And until they fix the officiating problem, it's just how it is. It's easy to get to the line. It's easy to generate three-pointers because of how much space there is. So if you're Monty Williams, throw it out the window. Forget about defense. Forget about hustle. Forget about grit. Let the Lions handle that part of things. And figure out a way to maximize Kate Cunningham and Jaden Ivey by spacing the floor, attacking in the shot clock early on, and running. Pace. Play fast. We don't need to slow the game down the way Cade Cunningham does all this time, man. Turns the ball over anyway, and I'm not saying I'm an anti-Cade Cunningham guy. I'm not. But what I saw yesterday from the Pistons playing fast without Cade Cunningham, that's the stuff they should be doing. Why is this so heliocentric when Cade's in the game? It completely takes away from Cade or from Jaden Ivey. It takes away from Durin. Let's just play fast. And the Pistons have like six guys ready to go tonight. They had to call up the G League team to fly some guys out because half their team's either not on the team anymore, traded, or the guys being that that they acquired through the deadline aren't ready to play yet. So they had to call up some G Leaguers today. Screw it. Just play as fast as possible. You're playing against the terrible Trailblazers. And we'll get to a lock of the day a little bit later that might have to do with that game. There you go. 989-837-6125. We'll get to the Frick Sports Bar text line in just a little bit. I want to know how much faith everyone has in Monty Williams. I want to know how much faith everyone has in Troy Weaver. Troy Weaver gave me a little bit of hope today. I mean, I said earlier this week, you might have seen a video of it on our socials, Troy Weaver has 48 hours to save his job. And I think at least for the time being, he has done that. You're going to see an increase in defense. You're going to see an increase in shooting on this roster. 
baby steps. Not going from a no-name team. You're not going from the worst team in the NBA to a contender overnight. You're just not. You're just not. Baby steps. Here's my bold prediction. The Pistons don't finish this season with the worst record in the NBA. They're two games out from the Wizards right now who are lost. The Pistons made some moves at the deadline. The Wizards did not. So if you can somehow find it on the books, want to make some money off of it, I really don't think that they're going to have the worst record in the NBA. They're more talented than some of these teams. They were before, they were after. It's just a matter of this coach holding everybody back. And I really hope after last night he just unleashes Jaden Ivey. Because God damn, that was overdue. 989-837-6125. How much confidence do you have in those guys going forward? And the Super Bowl question. Do you want to see Patrick Mahomes win another ring? That would be three rings in six seasons. That's on pace for Tom Brady stuff. Are you rooting for that? Are you anti-Chiefs? Are you anti-Taylor Swift? Or are you anti-seeing the 49ers win a Super Bowl trophy, or a Lombardi trophy, because it just hurts so bad because they're the ones that beat the Lions. 989-837-6125. We'll get to it all on the payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. Step one, wake up. Back to the payoff on the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Yeah, everybody looks good at home. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. All right, here's what we're going to do. This is the most gambled on game in America throughout the course of a year. The Super Wait For It Bowl that's going to be played on Sunday between the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. It's the most bet on game of the year. I'm here to give you some of my picks Um, because if you're like me, thank you, Hudson. Uh, If you're like me, you've got a couple plays today. Uh, I'm here to help you get through that. So if you like the Kansas City Chiefs in this game, if you think the Chiefs are going to win, don't take their money line. Don't take their spread. Take Patrick Mahomes to win Super Bowl MVP. It's plus 130. It's way more valuable than what you can do taking the spread or the money line. If you take the spread or the money line, I mean, you, you can win still, but you just don't have as good as odds. And if you take Patrick Mahomes at plus 130, you're getting better value there. Uh, because I don't think anyone else really wins this thing, right? I mean, they're not going to give it to Pacheco unless he has three touchdowns. The only other per- no no one on defense is going to win, and it's not going to be any receiver. The only other person that could possibly win it is Travis Kelsey, which I also have a ticket on here because, I mean, this is what they want to give the award to. This is who they want to. And by them, I mean the writers. I mean, if Travis Kelsey has two touchdowns and 100 yards and Mahomes only throws for like 250, which is basically what he's done in the playoffs, they're going to want to give this thing to Travis. It's going to cause media to freak out. It's going to cause half the fans to just lose their loving minds that they have to see Taylor Swift a little bit more. But guess what? At the end of the day, it makes the NFL money. Travis Kelsey to win Super Bowl MVP is plus 1,400. 1,400. Put down five bucks, you win 75. That's a swing. And if it hit, I mean, if you think the Chiefs are going to win, just take Kelsey. Or take Mahomes straight up. 
to win Super Bowl MVP. Uh, if you're looking for more long shot bets, this is one I found as super intriguing because Kansas City, second in the NFL all season long in sacks. They finished with 67 of them, only behind Baltimore. You can get Chris Jones to record the first sack of the game at plus 650 to get a hold of Brock Purdy. Hudson likes that one. Plus 650 for Chris Jones to get a hold. I mean, this San Francisco offensive line, their strengths are on the outside. Their strengths are with Trent Williams. On the interior, they're a little bit vulnerable, and that's where Chris Jones is going to be lined up. I think he gets to Brock Purdy early in this one. Um, one of the other ones that I've really had a hard time looking away at is Brock Purdy to throw two interceptions. Brock Purdy turning the ball over two different times would result in a plus 400 bet. Four to one odds. And all it takes is something happening early on in the game. A mistake is thrown in the first quarter. All of a sudden, everything's rattled. You get one. In the second half of things, I think Kansas City's going to be winning this. And if you agree with me, you think Patrick, uh, you think Brock Purdy's going to have to be playing from behind. He's going to have to get a little bit more aggressive. He's going to have to throw the ball downfield a little bit more. And all of a sudden, mistake number two comes in. I like Brock Purdy to throw two picks in this one, Hudson. Nah. But you're betting the you're betting the 49ers, though, aren't you? I mean, you bet against Patrick Mahomes in the first round against the Bills. You probably picked the Ravens to beat Patrick Mahomes in the championship. Now you're going to try to bet against him again. I mean, I am a resident uh, Ravens fan, so there's no sense for me to pick the Chiefs. Gold mine all the way oh on Sunday. Let's go. I got both faith. these teams have beat you this year, man. That's all right. That's all right. I got faith in Brock Purdy. Find a little George Kittle, a little Debo, Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey, best running back in the league. Oh my God. I'm not worried about Isaac Pacheco, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones. All right, maybe a little bit, but <laughs> but that's besides the point. I mean, let's think about the offenses going against each other's defense. The Chiefs' defense is all right. One of the so, what? so so. What? what? I am saying the 49ers defense is better than the Chiefs. I'm saying based on 18 weeks of play and the postseason, you're wrong. I would disagree. The Chiefs have the second most sacks in the NFL. They're second in terms of scoring defense allowed per game. They're second in terms of yards allowed per game. Okay. San Francisco's just a bunch of names, man. Okay, line them up. Line the Chiefs defense up. We'll see this on Sunday. You telling me they line up right now. The 49ers offense isn't doing something against the Chiefs defense? I'm not saying that. I, I'm not saying that the 49ers have zero points. But the Chiefs defense have been granted. They don't have as many pro bowlers. Ooh, I'm not I'm not talking pro, pro bowlers. bowlers. I'm not talking Ooh. pro bowlers. Pro bowlers don't mean anything. Pro bowler uh, pro bowl is a joke. I mean, once again, I said I'm a Ravens fan. Snoop Huntley was a pro bowler last year. There was no Mac reason. Mac Jones for, was a pro bowler. Exactly. And Mac Jones, you know how I feel about him? Bonafide scrub. Kansas City, second most yards allowed, uh, second least yards allowed this season in the NFL. Second least amount of points. I mean, consistently, they just suffocate teams. You can't run on them. You can't throw on them. Legereus needs an all-pro player. I really think it's going to be tough for San Francisco to march up and down the field like you think they're going to. I, th I think matchup-wise, I think the 49ers match up better against the Chiefs defense than the Chiefs, Chiefs offense does against the 49ers defense. Everyone's going to keep complaining about the Chiefs don't have a good wide receiver. 
But here's the thing. San Francisco doesn't have these elite cornerbacks. That's not where they thrive. That's, that's true. That's true. But I think they're going to get pressure. Once again, we talked about this before the show that uh, Pat Mahomes can escape pressure better than Jared Goff could two weeks ago. Or, Pat yeah, Mahomes two. can avoid sacks better than anybody else in the NFL. It's kind of the reason he has two MVPs that's, and two Super Bowls that, already in five years of playing. That's true. But wait until Nick Bosa, Dre Greenlaw. I mean, Chase, Chase Young hasn't done much this year, so I can't really say much. But Dre but Dre Greenlaw off the can provide good pressure. I'm scared of Bosa. But up the middle, if Tooney's playing, they're going to protect Pat Holmes, man. This is one of the best pass-protecting units in the NFL. This Tooney? is a team that's going to be able to move the ball up and down the field. And let's Tooney not forget... practice. He's not going to play. Let's not forget, no let's not forget this, too. Isaiah Pacheco has been... Kind of a month. He he runs like his hair is on fire. Yeah, he runs angry. like he's trying to save his family. He runs like it's the last time he's ever going to touch a football in his life. San Francisco's been vulnerable to say the least against the run game so far this in the playoffs. Fair the enough. Lions ran all over them in the first half of game before. You know they, but it's those adjustments. Decided. They can make adjustments in the second. And I'm not no, saying Andy that was Reed a Lions can. thing. I don't that think so. Lions thing. I don't think so. If this is a one-score game in the fourth quarter, lock it up that the Chiefs are going to win. Lock it that's up. That's that experience, and I'm not saying that that's that you're wrong in that sense. I just don't think I think it's going to be more than a one-score game. And hey, sue me if it's I'm wrong. It's a one and a half point spread, man. So, I, I understand. Sue me if I'm wrong. Like I understand that I can be wrong. Defamation lawsuit coming your way. Speaking I'm of not locks, Pat McAfee and Brett Favre. <laughs> that too far? My bad. Uh, All right. I've got a lock of the day for you. Lock of the day. You better lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. All right. So back to the Pistons. Uh, Here's what's on the line tonight. Not necessarily for the Pistons, but for our pride. John and I combined are technically undefeated on the week. Monday, both of our locks hit. Tuesday, my parlay hit, John's bet hit, John parlayed all three of those for his lock. Wednesday, yesterday, John's bet hit, mine gets voided because Cade Cunningham doesn't play, I took his over. So technically today, we are playing for a perfect week. Now it's not a real perfect week because it's not 10 for 10, five days, both John and I's lock both hit. But technically we would be shooting 100% if we can hit today. The Pistons are down to seven total players. So much so that they had to fly in some of their G League guys to join the roster because half of them were traded away, waived, or the guys that they traded for aren't there tonight. So I'm taking Kate Cunningham's over once again. I'm going right back to the well on this one. 25 points. He's going to be one of the eight guys in the rotation. Scoring load's going to have to be on him against a Trailblazers team that has no interest in guarding anybody for the most part. If you want something a little bit more rich, Jalen Duran. Over two and a half assists is plus odds. Jalen Duran had six assists last night. They used him as an offensive hub. And once again, there's only eight guys playing tonight. They're going to be feeding the guy down low. If you want to take his points, you want to take his rebounds, you want to take his assists, go for it. He had six assists last night. They used him as a hub. He's a facilitator, man. He, he's getting better at it every week. Uh, 989-837-6125. There you have it. That was the... 
Lock of the day. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. I've got a Super Bowl story for everyone next. Really embarrassing one from back in the day. And I want to ask anyone else if they have some good Super Bowl party stories. 989-837-6125. That's next on the payoff. Fueled by Forward Energy. More of the Great Lakes Bay region's only local sports show. Back to the payoff. 989-837-6125. If you didn't catch it yesterday, Michigan hoops in Ann Arbor. Listen, on Monday, we completely buried this team. We put them in the grave. We poured dirt on top of them, laid a little rosy on top, and said we're done talking about Michigan hoops. They must have heard that. They proceed to follow it up by beating number 11 Wisconsin at home. Here are my thoughts. Real simple. Two words. Rank them. All right, back to the Super Bowl. Um, Listen, I don't know what everyone's plans are for the Super Bowl. Some people like going out, go watch it at the bar, go watch it at a watching party. Some people like to hunker down. I know if the Lions were playing the Super Bowl, I'd be hunkered down by myself. I would be locked in a room. No one would be able to get a hold of me. But that's not the reality of things. I'm going to go hang out with some friends. I'm going to go watch the game, socialize a little bit. And I know a lot of people do the same thing. Go to a Super Bowl party, they call it. Um, I want to know some stories from Super Bowl parties because there's one that just sticks with me. It is probably one of the most embarrassing stories I have in my entire life. This is 2000, ah, what up, 10? Steelers versus Packers in the Super Bowl. We're at a Super Bowl party. We're watching the game. Halftime comes around. I mean, we've been eating wings. We've been eating chips. You know it. You know how the Super Bowl parties go. They've got all sorts of food, all sorts of stuff you can munch on. And I'm just going to town because why not? Free food. Take advantage of it. Well, I eat enough food to where, you you know, you have to go to the bathroom. And I go to the bathroom and I'm in there for a few minutes. Um, longer than just one, if you know what I'm saying. And I get up. I'm done. And the toilet won't flush. And I'm like, oh, no. Keep in mind, there's dozens of people here. Like, dozens. This is not my house. I don't really know the person. More of a friend of a friend. And I'm just thinking to myself, what am I going to do? So I stayed in there for another 10 minutes, just contemplating what do I do, looking for some sort of plunger, not one available, looking for anything to fix this issue. And I finally realized to myself, I'm like, there's no fixing this. I am stuck in here forever. So I finally, and at this point, I've been in there long enough to people are probably wondering if I'm dead. If I lost enough money in the Super Bowl, I'm just sitting in there contemplating how I'm going to pay the bills. So I finally work up the courage to walk out of there. And I go to the host. And I'm just also eyeballing the door to the bathroom like, oh my God, please nobody walk in there. Like, I pray to, this is buffalo wings, chips and chip dip, Doritos, you name it. And I walk to the host, and I'm like, hey, man, you got a plunger? And he just looks at me dead in the face and is like, are you serious? And I'm like, I, what, what do you want me to do, man? What do you want me to do? I'm sorry. I mean, you're also like 9, 10 years old. I know. I know it, it was uh, that moment still haunts me. And then on top of everything, the freaking Packers had to win that Super Bowl. I had to watch Usher dance at halftime. 
It was not a fun day. Um, not a fun day. 989-837-6125. I want to circle back to the top for just a second. Um, going back to the Pistons because they're in action once again, back-to-back nights tonight at 10 o'clock. Tonight they take on the Blazers. Yesterday they defeated Sacramento Kings. Um, tonight, the Pistons only have about eight players going, and one of them's a G-leaguer. Uh, it's tough. One of those players is also James Wiseman. Which the fact that he made it past the trade deadline for the Pistons is somewhat of a miracle. I mean, this guy must have been going to church twice on Sundays. He might have even been going to church on Saturday nights because this is one of the worst players in the NBA. And that's not even an exaggeration. He comes in the games and just clogs up the paint, can't extend the floor, doesn't play defense, and somehow, some way, he is still on this team. He made it further than Killian Hayes did. Killian Hayes was seventh-round pick, the first guy that they ever took, and for some reason, Troy Weaver just, uh, more so Monty Williams, just insisted that this guy not only continue to be on the team, but play big minutes. Killian Hayes is gone now. And unfortunately, I got a little greedy last night, and I said, you know what? I have a strong feeling this is going to be Killian Hayes' last game in a Detroit Pistons uniform. You know, the prestigious red, white, and blue. And I took him to score 10 points. He has his over under was seven and a half. So I got really greedy. He scores eight subs out with like three minutes to go in the third quarter and never comes back in. That was the last time we'll ever see Killian Hayes and LCA unless he gets picked up by the Spurs, which I guess isn't out of the question. Go get that French connection with Wembenyama. That's it. It's the end of an era. Hudson. That was, that's our foundational guy. The guy that everyone wanted to drive to the airport and, you know, hit with a bag of rocks on the way out. But, hey, I mean, that was one of the, the first, that was the first draft pick Troy Weaver ever made. There was a long time where people thought this is the guy we're going to build around. Kind of like the end of an era. It's like Troy Weaver waving a white flag. I mean, it gets to a point, though. You, I mean, I feel like every single day or every single time you talk about the Pistons, you're talking about how bad Killian Hayes is. Like, it gets come to the point where it's like, he has to be done. There's nothing else to talk about with the Pistons where, like, I'll be walking around in a public setting and someone will bring up the Pistons and, oh, we got to get Killian Hayes off. It's like the first thing people talk about. We got to get Killian Hayes off this team, man. This guy's a bum. He doesn't do anything. Well, he doesn't shoot the ball. He doesn't score the ball. I mean, he doesn't really play defense. I mean, he just does cardio. That's true. Uh, it's that like that uh, Tony Snell stat you see. Yeah, zero, 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 25 minutes. minutes. Yeah. Uh, again, 45.5% true shooting. Fourth worst in... Terrible. Wait for it. NBA history. Fourth worst in NBA history. True shooting is field goal percentage, three-point percentage, and free throw percentage all like combined into one. The good thing, the good thing about James Wiseman, I guess, is the Warriors saw some potential in them when they were at the top of their peak. So, I mean, Bob Myers saw something. Why shouldn't? Troy and then Weaver? they traded him away because he's ass. Well, hey, he's terrible. Hey, guess what? He doesn't do anything. Hey, did the Warriors see something out of him? And when when they were yeah, playing, they did when, when they were winning championships. They saw something out of him during COVID when you couldn't recruit people in person, and then they drafted him, saw what he was really about, and traded him to Detroit. And Troy Weaver. Eyebrows raised, drooling, foaming at the mouth when he got him. Jeez, man. Too bad my Troy Weaver um button's not available. I know. Um. I know. It's tragic. Uh, we'll be back on Monday to discuss 
the super wait for it bowl that happened uh, obviously on Sunday, the 6.30 game, that you can listen to right here on 100.9 The Mitt, the only station in the entire region that's going to have full pregame, full game, and full postgame coverage of the Super Bowl. It's going to be going from about 2 o'clock to, I don't know, midnight. You guys can get Super Bowl coverage basically all day on Sunday. Only station in the Great Lakes Bay region that'll do that, that's providing that for you guys. So tune into Westwood One's coverage of the Super Bowl. Thanks for listening, guys. That was the payoff, and I hope it was worth it. For extraordinary-